You have heard a lot of great stories, and uh, what I want you to know is that um, in your seat is another great story. And your story may be in process. Your story right now might, might be a sad story, might be a broken story, uh, it might be a self-guided story, but I want you to know that Jesus changes stories for the better, and that you matter to God more than you know. Today I want to talk to you about uh, the possibility of you and I letting Jesus write our stories. Now you've got to know you're free, you've got to know that you can write your own story if you want to, that because God loves you, He does not force Himself on you, and, and He's going to give you the opportunity to make the choice, but you need to understand His offer. And that offer is to let Him write you a better story. I want to open with a passage that is such an amazing passage in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, and I want to read the passage and then kind of go back through it and, and look at it verse by verse. So, um, again... If you've got your paper Bible, open it up. If you, you don't, there's a, a great app called YouVersion, among others. There's lots of amazing Bible apps now. But each one of us needs to hear the story of God in a personal, for ourselves kind of way and be reading the Word of God on a daily basis. So, one thing I love about YouVersion and other versions is they will send you a reminder <laughs> Or invite you into to plans to, to read God's word to lift your story uh, out of its broken. So let's read Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. When you're thinking about your life, consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you don't grow weary and lose heart. Because in your struggle against sin... You haven't resisted yet to the point of shedding your own blood. Everyone here is in, living in, an unfolding story. There's a stories of origin, uh, and then there are stories of choices. Uh, most of you know my story of origin growing up in an alcoholic family. Um, I didn't choose that story. But being born into that story, I had choices to make. I don't know right now whether your story is a happy one or a sad one. I don't know whether your story feels hopeless or you're experiencing the peace of God. I don't know whether you're angry, wounded. <clears throat> I don't know whether you're grieving. I don't know whether you're looking at the future and it just looks empty. But I do know this. That God is calling you to a grander story. 
And this amazing story of God is something that you and I have to step back from our own stories for just a minute, get out of the immediacy of our own pain, uh, of our own uh, issues in marriage, with children, with work. Just step back once in a while and get a little perspective on the story. Look down the road a little bit. One of the things that they, they, they teach us, I, I love to, to ride off-road. I'm, I'm um, ancient and in danger of breaking things, um, but as long as I can stand, I'm going to continue. And one of the things they tell us as you're riding off-road through rocks and up hills and down things is don't look where you are. Look where you want to go. And so you have boulders and, and things right in front of you, and it's easy to panic and look right down, but the moment you do that, you're done. You have to lift your eyes and look forward. And this passage is a passage that, that, that echoes uh, of the Olympics. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. It's, it's transporting us into the stadium. And we are on the track with a great uh, you know, crowd of people all around us cheering us on. And this crowd of people are people who've lived their stories and allowed Jesus to write them. And because Jesus was the author of their stories, they lived successfully, and, and their story had a beginning and a middle and end, and now they're in eternity, and they're up there focused on your story, cheering you on. You are noticed. You are encouraged. You are not alone. And, and what this does for us, it lifts us out of the immediacy of our moment and, and gives us a chance to, to kind of take an eternal look in life, the long look. Because the truth is, you know, like in football or anything else, we're not, just, we're not just in it for this play. We're in it to win it. And only Jesus writes a winning story. So, so you are surrounded by a, a group of people who let Jesus write their story and they all finished well. <laughs> all of them. When you read the Bible, look for somebody who trusted God and ended badly. It just doesn't happen. Look for, for the most hopeless situations that you can find. Watch them look to God and watch God lift their story to another plane. But as you watch that, hear the invitation of God to say this. What I've done, I want to do for you. How you saw me win in their life is the way I want to love you and lead you and win in yours. So wake up and realize you are called to a grander story. You don't have to live in your brokenness. You don't have to live in your sadness, in your anger. You don't have to live for lust. You don't have to live for addiction. You don't have to live uh, for, the, for the lie of, of the approval of other broken people. No empty bucket can fill your empty leaking bucket. But God, He believes in you. He died for you and He is inviting you to this intersection where your story can be given over and become His. So, so understand everything's broken and everything can, can be redeemed. The craziness is though that life isn't just broken outside of us, it's deeply and badly broken within us. John uh, 3.19 says this, This is the verdict, light has come into the world, but men love darkness because their deeds were evil. The simple truth is there is crazy inside each one of us. 
There is darkness inside of each one of us. And each one of us um, will at times, uh, you know, have this desire to pull the pin of our own self-destructiveness and just let it happen. Have you ever stood on the edge of a, a cliff or a rock and there's this, this movement that says, you know, just move over, just take a step forward. But where does that crazy voice come from? It's in you. Whether it's, you know, the affair, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, whether it's your, your you know, your, your, your first or next theft, what, what, you know, your, your cheating, what, whatever it is, I'm just telling you, we love the darkness. And we have to own that before Jesus can have control of our stories. Our stories are going to be a battle to the death with sin. You need to understand that. Um, some of us think something's wrong with us because we struggle. Some of us think that because life is hard that um, God doesn't love us. But I want to let you look back at Jesus and ask you how hard you think his life was. Not just in terms of his physical suffering. I don't want to minimize that. But just relationally, what was it like for Jesus to love people and to not be loved back? What was it like for Jesus to have been as alone as he was? His was not an easy story. And yours isn't either. We live on the Titanic in a death-ridden world. And I'm sorry, but your life is not going to be easy. It can be good. It can be noble, it can be grand, it can be courageous, it can be inspiring, it can be world-changing, uh, it can be loving and joyful and peaceful, it can be absolutely amazing, but easy is not in the picture. You are in a struggle with death, and, and you're going to be in a struggle to the death with sin, and, and, and I mean that in two senses, either you and I are going to do exactly what the Scripture says, to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and, and take up his cross daily and follow me. I'm just telling you, to deny yourself and die to yourself, it's painful work. And so either you're going to struggle to the death of your own love for sin, or you're going to struggle to the death giving in to sin as it takes you under like carrying a, a pile of bricks in the ocean. But love wins if you let him. And your story and our story as a church can be an amazing, world-changing, joy-filled, overcoming story if we'll do what the Scripture says. Throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, if you do not work at overcoming the, the, the downward gravitational pull of sin in your life, if you do the easy, you're going to do the dying. Because it takes work in this battle. And the truth is that we live upside down by broken feelings instead of right side up by faith-filled choices most of the time. You've got to stop. You stop living a feeling-driven life and live a life of choices that recognize God has given me a choice. He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, into the world and, and now that story changes everything. It covers my past. It invades my present. It determines my future. And now, because of Jesus, um, I have a choice. I am able to respond. I am response-able. I'm not a victim. 
Guys, I'm telling you, if you could only see the value of God in your life, if you could only see what a threat you are to hell, if you could only understand how gifted you are to make a difference in this world, and if you started to courageously live the story, the grander story, that all of heaven is cheering for you to live, it's not just people on the stage. It's not just people who can sing. You are called to, to live Jesus' story in a beautiful, life-changing way. Use your giftedness. Stop living broken down. Stop letting sadness reign. Let the story of Jesus intersect with your story and give in. Because we've got a race marked out for us that we have to run with perseverance. The glory of all this is is that we have to get seriously committed to, 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 to holiness in our lives. Holiness is not something you hear a lot about anymore. But there's no other way to, to be alive in Christ other than to value being whole and holy. It means that we love what's right instead of what's wrong. It means we love what's true instead of what's a lie. It means that we love the glory of God more than our own glory. It means that we recognize nothing's worth more than Jesus. And to Him, nothing's worth more than us. Sin, it's not just tee-hee-hee kind of stuff. It's death disguised as life. And if we make peace with sin in our life, we're waging war on God in the world. And James 4.4 and 1 John 2.15 both say, don't you understand that if you choose friendship with the world, you become an enemy with God? Don't you understand that, that to live in this world, that the, the, the lust of the eyes, there's never enough, right? How many of y'all shoot people? Own it. How many of y'all shoot people? All right, you shoot people. Now, you don't have to raise your hand or anything else. You got the last pair of shoes you're ever going to have the rest of your life because you are satisfied, right? How many of y'all are clothes people? Come on, some clothes people. All right, kind of, some clothes people, stitch fix, anybody know it? All right. So, you got, you, you got nice clothes, so you're done, right? Right. Uh, cars, trucks, guys, not just guys, I don't want to be sexist here, but yeah, primarily guys, you, you, you've got, you know, you, you got your truck, you got your car, so you're happy. No. The, the, the scripture says, that, well, it, it puts it this way, it, it says, Everything in the world, the craving of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, the boasting of what he has does, has and does comes not from the Father but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the one who does the will of God lives forever. So this craving in this crazy world, man, you can be driving out with your new car and, and, or your new truck and you, and you see, see that, wait, that one's four-wheel drive. I've I got to get me one of them next. And you're already dissatisfied. Yeah, you're taking the sticker off the window. That's the way we are in the world. And so I, I want you to understand that, that you and I have to hear the Word of God telling us that, that we have a noble purpose surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses and we have some hard choices to make that are going to require courage and commitment. We've got to do something with what we believe. A do-nothing faith is no faith. And a do-nothing church in the world is no church at all. It's a goat farm. So if you believe in Jesus, you have to live his story. Let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. You understand that Father God has a plan for your life. 
So here's what I want you to do today. Here's, here's my ask. Stop writing your own story. Let Jesus do it. Only Jesus writes the winning story. Pastor John has introduced a, a language. He, he's changed even how I think about writing the story. I've used the language, but not like him. And, 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 and you know, when you're afraid of something, you know when you're afraid of something, what you do? You write a story. Or somebody, somebody looks at you funny. Have you ever had this happen? Somebody looks at you funny. Well, I wonder what's going on with them. Oh, they're going to do this? Well, I, I guess they haven't. And, then, and, then, and you start creating this whole big narrative. What if they've got a stomachache? We write these stories all the time. Well, let me just tell you, you are broken. And any story you create in your own little head is going to be a broken story. And not only is it going to be a broken story, it's going to be a story that breaks life more. So, so stop writing your own story. Let Jesus do it. You see, our dreams are infinitely smaller than God's, but they're not only infinitely smaller, all of our dreams are fatally flawed. Only the Creator can successfully create an eternal story for you. Run with perseverance, the race marked out for you. God has thoughtfully and carefully imagined how your life in His image can be for His glory. Don't live a do-nothing life. Don't live a life that's just getting by. Don't live a life flying under the radar. Don't live a life that brings no glory to God. Your life ought to be a huge threat to hell. Your love ought to be this bright beacon in a, in a lightless world. Your gifting is not about how great I am. Anybody that needs to have praise from other people, how great they are, they don't know the Jesus story. Because when you've been around greatness, it's easy to acknowledge it. You think you're good on the court, and then you, you, you walk out with Michael Jordan. Anybody, I know it's an older reference, but I, he's still amazing. You're not so great after all, are you? He's great. You think you're all that, then you meet Jesus. Wait a minute, he's all that. <laughs> and, and I am so grateful that, that, that he uh, values me. And, and, and so, guys, your race is marked out for you. You don't have to lie down. You don't have to quit. You don't have to live angry and broken down. You can live an amazing God adventure. Our church ought not to be just content to put butts in seats on Sunday mornings. Our church ought not to be just a place where we watch other people do stuff. That's not the point. You are world changers. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's workmanship, His poem, His masterpieces, created in Christ Jesus. He's the author of the story. Created why? To do something bold in the world. To do the works that He prepared before us for us to do. The purpose of your story and my story is His glory. But I want you to, to listen to this. I put it in your, your notes. I want you to think about this because as Christians, we often don't use our imaginations. You ought to because you have one because you're in the image of God. He has one. In a fatally broken world, imagine what God imagined when he was thinking about sending Jesus. He knows how bad the world is. He knows the Holocaust, all the hatred. He knows everything that's going to happen and God imagines a solution and it is beautiful and it is, it is light in the dark. It is, it is this explosion of grace and joy in the birth of Christ. Imagine what God imagined when he sent Jesus to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth 
to lead a broken earth back into the kingdom of heaven. The truth is, we need to recover our story. We need to stop writing our own stories and let Jesus do it. How do we live a successful story? How do we live a successful story? How do we do this? How do we stop writing our own story? How do we let Jesus do it? How, do, how does our story change? Well, it, it does so through a relentlessly radical, unflinchingly courageous, and invasively personal focus on Jesus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, the one who began it and the one who's going to complete it. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. This is a term which means they are absolutely stuck on Him and unmoving. It's, it's li- uh, living illustrated in Matthew 14 where, where Jesus in verse 25 is walking out on water in the middle of the night, in the middle of the storm to the disciples as they're crossing the lake. And they're scared to death and start writing a story. It's a ghost. You just made that up. You don't know what it is. How about just stop and let the story be what the story is, you know? Jesus says, no, it's me. And Peter says this, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out to you on the water. Come, he said. Peter, I'm about to change your story. You're, you, you acknowledge that you're a sinful man and you bear shame for the women you've slept with, the things you've done wrong, uh, maybe how you've treated your children, all of those things. That's your story prior to me, but now you're going to be a water walker. Now you're going to understand that, that I will bear away all of your sin and all your broken and I will not hold that against you anymore. Now you're going to be able to see that in me, Peter, uh, you can do things you never thought you could do. <laughs> you're going to attempt the impossible and co- accomplish the impossible. You're going to, to step out in ways that without me you could never do. Your story is going to change. So Peter looks at Jesus and got out of the boat and walked on water. I want you to to hear that. A human being walked on water. Why? Because he fixed his eyes on Jesus, the one who began his story and the one who was going to bring it home. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, why did you doubt? (laughs) Guys, I'm telling you that the way that, that, that Jesus is able to write our successful story is that we focus on Him relentlessly. We surrender our story to Him. The right to write my story is no longer mine, Jesus. It's yours. And now, Jesus, I'm going to let you write your story moment by moment. My eyes are on you. My eyes are on you. My eyes are on you. And this is more radical. It is more courageous. It is more personal than you and I can imagine. Guys, listen to me. We're going to move from religion and, and we're going to move into the kingdom of God and watch the kingdom of God come at the church of Sevran in the days to come. The issue is Jesus. Jesus. Oh, and again, the issue is Jesus. And anytime we're tempted to make anything or anyone the defining issue in our life, we need to repent and return to a mind and a heart fully captured by Jesus. Peter, walking on the water, had real waves coming against him, real wind, the real possibility of sinking, but none of those things were the the, the issue of this new story, the story of God. The issue was Jesus. And I'm telling you that, that more 
deeply than you've thought in your marriage, more deeply than you've thought in your, your workplace, more deeply than you've thought in your thinking about the past or the future, you need to bring your mind to Jesus, to Jesus, and then again to Jesus. Oh, and after you do that, it's Jesus again. It's like breathing. And when we do this, our story gets surrendered and Jesus' story gets to be written through us to His glory. And it's, it's, it's eternal. It's, it's amazing. God takes the little that we have and He does astonishing, astonishing things. So here's what I'm asking you to do. Stop writing your own story. You can be a hardhead and not listen but it's not me telling you this. This is the Father. This is the Scripture. You can never write your own story well, successfully. You can never write your way out of your own private hell. But Jesus can. And if you will let Jesus write your story today, He will. And it will be to His glory and beautiful and eternal. Will you give Jesus, the right to write your life.